well, I don't know about you, Ed, but I could get used to this. I mean, I am, I have got used to it. I'm literally used to it at this point. It's, uh, it's you're a- already, you're already moved beyond surprise uh, <laughs> to entitlement. Yeah, so exactly. we don't score six in our next game. That's it. Ollie out. I mean, maybe not quite Ollie out. Um, no, but I mean, we said before the game, like hard to predict anything other than a United win. Hard to predict anything other than that front five looking impressive. There was a little wobble in my confidence in that prediction early on in this game, it's fair to say. First 25 minutes were were pretty rough. Yeah, well, I mean, rough in the sense of when Bournemouth attacked, they actually looked dangerous or, or we shot ourselves in the foot a few times and looked a little bit nervous at the back. Uh, it's not like Bournemouth really created anything of note. I mean, they're... they're uh, XG is going to look fairly high compared to United's, but that's because they had a penalty and scored one from three yards out. Um, yes, because they they won a penalty. Well, no, they didn't win that penalty. No, but I don't mean that. I don't I actually don't mean Bournemouth's performance and how it was making us look. I actually thought we looked a bit leggy. There were some passes going astray in those first 25 minutes. That yes, fluency yeah. wasn't there. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think... Um, so Harry Maguire, for obvious reasons, had a little difficult game, didn't he? he? Put quite a few passes straight. I actually thought Nemanja Matic did as well. And in in the past, when we've seen that kind of performance from Matic, it's because he's been tired. And I wonder whether that's true of this game, whether he was he was feeling a bit leggy. Um, but you know, if it took United twenty minutes to get into it, I guess. But, but my God, from then did on, they get into it? They really did, like, super... They, they didn't just get into it. They were like, this is it. This is our new wave. This is what we're doing now. This is this is us. Uh, and, I mean, it was just... I can't think of a better word for it than scintillating. United played Ooh. scintillating attacking football in this game. It's a, it's a very football word. I mean, is there any other context apart from football in which you'd use the words? Do, do you often in your day-to-day work go, oh... That's a scintillating session there, John. I just watched. Um, I just watched Hamilton. There's some scintillating performances in that show. So you know, there's, there's a good use of it. And that's how I spent my Sunday. Still afternoon. not day to day life, but all right. No, true. I don't know. Anyway, theatre and football should... is kind of the sort of day to day life for quite a lot of people. We know that's true. Um, we should talk about Bournemouth's goal. Because that that was a bit of a shocker, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, like Junior Stanislas, it's a lovely, it's some lovely mix. It's really, it's very well executed, and he does really well to then control his shot. But both Maguire and uh, De Gea covered themselves in whatever the opposite of glory is. Yeah, I mean, M- Maguire's really been done, and he turns very slow, uh, and he's, he's, you know, he he, he reacts. It's like. A spider catching a fly, you know? You know the reaction's going to come, but it's all too late when when it's happened. So um, he gets completely done. I'm sort of a mind to blame De Gea a bit less. He's trying to cover two parts of his goal. I mean, when you see it uh, from behind the goal in real-time speed, he's hit it so cleanly. He's been De Gea for pace. So unless he was fully over, you know, batsman um, playing off stump, and uh, which which maybe he could have done, but then uh, their leg would have been exposed. Um, so you know, I, I think it's one of those ones. There was a wasn't there a piece on Stats Bomb a while back going, this is the uh, it, analyzing the uh, the keepers should never get near beaten at the near post sort of um, uh, knowledge in football and actually saying sometimes that was hard. Or the other way I was thinking about it is if that was five yards out straight in front of goal and he was beaten just to his right hand. I don't think we'd be criticising him. Uh, no, so. I, I I did. I was watching the game with some friends over, like, on, on a call. Um, and I did say that goalkeepers really suffer from slow motion replays, don't they? Like, sometimes they really suffer from slow motion replays. So it looks absolutely atrocious in slow motion because it like you say it looks like he's just left an enormous channel of vulnerability but in real time you can kind of see that he's sort of trying to block the cross but 
I mean, decision-making-wise, and this is split-second decision-making, but this is the thing that De Gea is struggling with at the moment. Decision-making-wise, you could say that if he's got positional awareness and game awareness, he almost doesn't have to worry about the cross at this point because the, the box is packed. There's not, you know, the danger is the shot to the near post. And if you're going to try and cover both, then really... I mean... Listen, it all happens very quickly and he makes Maguire right in front of De Gea so his, his reaction time would have been pretty limited, I guess. Um, but yeah, watching it in real time, they, they look like two pretty bad errors at the time. Anyway, um, so I, 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 I was watching this game with, um, not, not with friends on Zoom, but with the kids going crazy. So I didn't take loads of notes about <laughs> all the many, many chances United created in this game. And I'm sure there were some between the goal and, and Mason um, lashing one in, into the top bins. I mean, he's just... Let's, right, it's taken us six minutes. That seems like a long time. Uh, we did a little chat before we started, so maybe like five minutes, 30 seconds. Um, to mention the words Mason Greenwood on this show... Uh, don't know how to talk about Mason Greenwood without sounding like I've lost a run of myself because I've lost a run of myself. But uh, at this point, it's Ballon d'Or or bust. Um, this kid, I mean, that is a frightening level of ability, of uh, even decision making. I mean, you know, we've all seen, uh, I'm sure everyone or most people have seen the the Sheffield United defenders shouting about the second goal, don't let him turn, don't let him... Bournemouth. Oh, uh, sorry, Bournemouth, yeah. Don't let him turn, don't let him turn. Oh, he's... he's oh, oh, that's... He's, he's scored now. <laughs> um, but the first goal, he just hit it so hard. Like, it's just an absolute wallop, isn't it? Yeah, and his favourite left foot before he whacks one into the, the top bins with his favourite right foot later <laughs> in the game. So, yeah, I mean, just takes it really cleanly. It's a, it's a nice ball across from uh, Bruno Fernandes. Good move from United and, and Fernandes finds the space and and Mason doesn't really need to break stride and, and takes it nice and early. And yeah, the keeper's a bit limp-wristed, isn't he? Because it's very close to him and he gets something of a hand on it. Um, I mean, it's again very hard, hit hard. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna give Dave <laughs> being beaten from three yards out, then you can give uh, uh, I've forgotten his name now. Who's the um, what's his name? Bournemouth oh, Ramsdale. I, Ramsdale. I only, Ramsdale. I've only committed that to memory because of listening to Steve McManaman saying Ramsdale over and over again. It's like a very difficult one for Scousers. Aaron Ramsdale. Yes. Anyway, you can give him some stick for being beaten with that one from. 15 yards or so, but it's just a lovely hit. And and we we talked about a little bit about Mason. He's he's not played loads this season. I mean, he's, he's got nowhere near the number of minutes, about half the number of minutes of Daniel James, for example. But he's just, he's twice the goal threat, isn't he? Or more than twice the goal threat. <laughs> yeah, I don't, what the, I don't know what the multiplier is on the amount of times the goal threat of Dan James that Mason Greenwood is, but it's, a re- it's more than, it's definitely more than twice, like without any shadow of a doubt. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, he's bafflingly excellent, Mason Greenwood, considering how young he is. I mean, we've had some really fine young players come through in recent times and Marcus Rashford absolutely exploded onto the scene. Um, but nobody's going to be uh, writing stories about how Kelechi and Anacho is better than uh, Mason Greenwood, right? Like, Greenwood is just inarguable. Rashford um, clearly had something very special about him and he made a real impact really early on, but he wasn't doing what Greenwood's doing. I mean, it's... it's no, puts... no, I mean, Rashford made the impact with the two goals against Michelin and then against Arsenal and um, and so sort of burst onto the, same, onto the scene in the same way. Uh, I think there's a different level of expectation with Mason because of how good he's been in at youth level uh, and the sort of very natural ability he's got and the expectations of people around the club that he's really going to make it and so there's been more management Whereas Rashford took a chance that he probably wouldn't have got had it not been for so many injuries, Martial's injury yeah, um, and others. 
Uh, and and so yeah, d- different different set of expectations. Um, it was a really nice assist from Fernandez, who I, I had like thought was kind of having a bit of a stinker up to that point. Like he'd given the ball away. Well, I thought he'd given the ball away a lot, but I just looked it up. He gave the ball away three times, which is not a lot. Um, there were plenty of accurate passes in there too. Um, but he, he just looked slightly off it, and until he played that pass, at which point from then on he just looked super on it again. Um, as did as did the whole front three. I mean, we got the penalty um, shortly after that. And um, I mean, it was a bit of a surprise to see Rashford take it. I think everyone was probably surprised to see Rashford take it. But um, and, and when he completely stopped on the Sutter step and uh, Ramsdale hadn't gone, you were a little worried. But actually, Rashford did well. He found He found the corner and kind of made it pretty much unsavable, which if Good you job can do... we found the corner. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, it looked a bit silly. I mean, I, I guess that's one Fernandez has... I don't know whether Rashford asked for it or I haven't seen any interviews about it or Fernandez just offered it as you need one. Yeah. Uh, because you haven't scored for months. Yeah. Uh, m- mostly to do with injury and lockdown, obviously, but not since uh, not since we've come back. So, I mean, good for him. Hopefully that's a boost to the confidence. Um, I guess Fernandez reckons he's just going to keep on scoring goals because you know, that's what he does. <laughs> well, he got the equivalent of a penalty later for him, which was a direct free kick just outside the area. Um, so then, and the pick of the goals, I mean, th- there's some very good goals in this game. Most of the goals in this game are very good, but the one that had me running up and down the corridor in my house, uh, overexcited, um, just you realise Martial... Is, is on the verge of something special sometimes. And of course it doesn't always come off, but there's, um, I mean, he'd not had a massive impact in the get on the game up to that point, but there's a thing that he kind of switches mode sometimes in, in the way that I think a lot of great strikers do where you just, they just sort of switch on a very alive to the moment. And he opened up some space and just right foot curler opposite top corner, it's just what he does, isn't it? I mean, that goal, it's the Ashley Young special. Um, a, a, a magical, magical goal from Martial. Yeah, it, it did kind of feel like it was coming, didn't it? I mean, as in, you saw him get the ball, so just shifts it so quickly and, and he's just got that kind of pace and close control where he can get himself that space. Not that the defender was close, really, at any stage. Um, and it's just a perfect hit. Right into the top corner. Uh, no way of blaming the keeper on this one. No, absolutely not. Um, and then comes... So now we're 3-1 up all of a sudden and absolutely cruising. And, you know, it was so nice that we'd hit so hard so quickly in the period after they scored because it wasn't just that we were a goal down. It's that we didn't look great up to that point. And it was lovely to see this team that, that does look... I mean, you know, oh, of course, all necessary caveats and we'll see what happens and one or two injuries away from disaster and blah, 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 blah. But um, Ollie's got this team looking fantastic and it was really nice seeing them uh, recover within a game from adversity. Now, of course, the opposition didn't do a fantastic job at stopping them, but I do think... We're going to be saying that an awful lot about teams that just don't. They just how do how are you supposed to stop this team? It's just not obvious, is it? No, that's right. I mean, this particular team that has Pogba, Fernandez, Rashford, Martial, and Greenwood because there's so many options and so much pace in it. I mean, you think about just how slow the team was a year ago. Um, when you know if Rashford wasn't in it and Martial was injured, uh, and we had like. One matter up front with Andres Pereira or something, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's completely completely transformed, um, and there are just so many options and opportunities for creating. United did create a lot of chances against Bournemouth, mm. a lot of good chances as well, uh, as well, and I'm sure we'll do that against very you know, a number of teams to come. It's it, it it is worrying when you go past that first eleven. The first eleven is exciting, but you know, building blocks, right? <laughs> because yeah, exactly. We were worried about the first eleven not that long ago. Yeah, now exactly. that feels that feels a high quality first eleven that that is better than the fifth place that they are currently in. Yeah, and we're looking for a squad that can be better than sure. that as well. Um, which is great, but I'd much rather be looking for a squad that can be better than a first team that 
can be in any way enjoyable to watch. So, yeah, I'm super happy. Um, the uh, the break comes and then is pretty, like, instant disaster. Eric Bailly comes on for the injured Victor Lindelof. And, oh dear, I mean, Nemanja Matic absolutely throws him under the bus within moments. There's 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 a mix-up in the box just before that, isn't there? I can't remember exactly what happened, but there was... Well, it's, it's Maguire pl- tries to play out from the back, and it's just a simple pass. He just plays it straight into the, the Bournemouth player, and they get a shot from there, and it doesn't... De Gea save it, and it goes wide, and it's cleared, and it comes out to Matic, and then... Yeah, and then there's no in. there's no danger. There's, Matic isn't under any pressure. He just has a moment where his his gentle knock back to Victor Bailly is a little bit harder than he meant it. Did I say Victor Bailly? Anyway, you did. His, his gentle knock back to Eric Bailly is a little harder than he meant it. And um, Bailly controlled it with the bit of his shoulder that's going to be legal in like a week or whatever, but isn't yet legal, um, if that. And somehow... Oh, so the referee gave it as a penalty on the field, doesn't doesn't didn't he? And so far he, d- didn't... he does, and then they they check it for whether it's in the box and out of the box. Ninety five percent of Bayes outside of the box. The three millimeters of transition between shoulder and upper arm that it hits is in the box. Yeah, so... or on the line. On the and line is in the box. I wonder if it had been if the referee had had not given it if it wouldn't have been overturned as clear and obvious or whatever, whatever the threshold is, or has that been completely abandoned? Anyway, the whole thing. Um, and then Bournemouth, make no mistake. I mean, it was stupid. It was it was completely needless. But once again, instead of this triggering a, a mass squad-wide self-doubt leading to a 4-3 win to Bournemouth, it just seemed to wind Mason Greenwood up. Um, and he scored his goal of the game. That second one, that's the one with the don't let him turn, don't let him turn, bang. Yeah, and, and you know, it bounces a couple of times in the in the box. It's not, it's not completely clean how it gets out to him, but um, Martial and Rashford both involved and it's Matic that pokes it out to him. Uh, so Matic gets the assist, juices his horse, who scored numbers somewhat, uh, that assist. But I mean, this this goal is 99.9% Mason. Uh, and you just wonder where he's going. He's going wider and wider and wider, but uh, still manages to get the power and to beat the keeper. Um, and the um, the BT Sport clip. Uh, and it's just, it's just delicious. Now you don't have crowds where you can hear the players talking. <laughs> Uh, and the amount of bleeping in that clip is pretty spectacular for a 30 second clip yeah it's amazing i mean it, it it's a brilliant goal and the kid the kid is on absolute fire and now we're at a position where he's got 15 goals 15 goals in all competitions somehow and both martial and rashford have got 15 premier league goals each and i think it was bill rice from uh radio from the radio from the radio in general who, from the wireless yeah from the wireless who tweeted that the last players the last time United had two players to get 15 league goals in the same season was Van Nisselrooy and Rooney. Like, staggeringly yeah. long time ago. So, amazing. And it's a very, very, very long time since three players managed 20, which which in a in a season, which could which could very well happen. I mean, there's not that many games left for Mason to do it, and there won't be that many European games. So, I mean, three at maximum for United. So, Oh, are they doing away with multi-leg ties then? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Right, it's right. all in a neutral venue and, yeah, United will have to play that that last second leg. Right. Uh, which will be just before... It's going to run 10th of August to the 24th of August, the mini tournaments. Right. But so anyway. The, yeah, I guess Mason Greenwood and other professional footballers won't play in that game. Um, we didn't talk about this in, on the last show, actually. Um, Southampton we'll to... had just scored from like fifty yards out, which is uh... nice. Yeah, yeah I didn't... S- things you like to see. Seconds on, lads. Seconds on. Um, <laughs> I was just going to go on to talk about some youth players leaving the club, but we'll, we'll come back to it after we've polished off this game. Um, the so yeah, but I mean Greenwood could get twenty. We just need to score a hat trick in the FA Cup final, and at this point, would you really rule it out? Um, <laughs> I also wouldn't rule out Bruno scoring a hat trick in any game ever. Uh, and genuinely, before that free kick, I think I messaged you to say our free kick 
like little discussions around the ball are getting to be like 2003 Real Madrid. So the first one, you've got Greenwood, Rashford, Pogba, Fernandez, all 100% capable of scoring goals from direct free kicks. Right. Then even after the good players have gone off, well, the good forwards have gone off, you still got Mata, Pogba and Fernandez all perfectly capable of scoring a good free kick. So, like, yeah, the, the lineup of people that could take free kicks is substantial. I, I was um, f- fairly amused by Harry Maguire getting into the discussion. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> It's like Pallister, Pallister against Middlesbrough, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, I remember that I was at that game and um, uh, Middlesbrough, Blackburn, wasn't it? It was after it was United Blackburn. won. Yeah, it was Blackburn. It was Blackburn, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they played the game, you know, reeking of booze because they'd been out on the lash all night. Still managed to win, though. Uh, and uh, I was reminded this week, uh, a few people talked about it, Fergie's um, team talk before that game was... All right, go out there, don't embarrass yourselves, which was brought up a lot after Manchester City embarrassed <laughs> Liverpool this week. Yeah, um, Liverpool not heeding that. Um, but the the, um, the goal was great. There was a lot, a lot of very upsetting and frustrating VAR chat in the aftermath of that goal. Like, oh, Vidic's... Vidic's back. Nemanja Matic. And no wonder he's offside. He's about 45. He's exhausted. He can't get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, his heel was about, you know, millimetres off. Um, I think VAR was just, that's too good. I'm not rolling it out for this pettiness. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, and also like, a, a direct free kick that goes straight in the back of the net. It seems very outlandish to, unless you're like Anderson standing and staring at the keeper and waving at him from an offside position, then that that seems pretty crazy. But anyway, VAR, VAR be crazy, don't it? So, um and then uh, was that that was the fifth, wasn't it? And then all the subs come on. United are three goals up. I've always still looked really good after Mata and Igalo in particular. They they came up. Somebody else, I can't remember. It was Dan James. Dan James worked so hard, made a, a really nice kind of run and cut back. And it was like we didn't lose fluency. Obviously, like the fact that Greenwood and uh, Greenwood, Pogba and Fernandez stayed on all the way through the game kept a lot of that fluency right up. Um, but yeah, we, we created a bunch of chances. There's a pass from Pogba. There's two passes in this game from Pogba, which didn't lead to anything. One right near the beginning of the first half and one in late in the second. I think it was to Shaw. There's just long passes, like millimetre precise to where the pl- the perfect place the player's going to be. And he had another superb game. And once again, like, having to deal with Pogba and Fernandez seems to be just... I don't know how you're supposed to do that if you're a defender. It's cheating, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I said, OK, after all the subs came on, weren't, I mean, it is uh, it is a downgrade to, to step down to some of these players. Um, Dan James has had a hard time this season after a bright start. One matter is well past his best. But Fred, Fred needs minutes. I mean, he's out of the team because Pogba's back and he's had a very good season and Igalo's got a very good re- goal return for a guy who's basically a sub every week. So, um, you know, there's some depth, but not as much as we'd like for sure. Uh, good job, United. Wrapped it up. Yeah, and I guess my point isn't really about the quality of the substitutes because we know there's a huge downgrade. That doesn't need saying. It's about the fact that there's clearly some systemic understanding. There's, there's that the team doesn't, there's a there's an enormous drop of like excellence in execution um in the players that come on but there isn't a drop in kind of mutual understanding and positioning and everyone knowing their roles um and going uh, uh, excellence in execution and knowing their roles is that's two wrestling references very quick back to back but anyway sure yeah um look and and a note about ollie uh, because um, whenever we uh, have any kind of nuanced discussion, I have people messaging me going, what's your only agenda? Or the other way around. <laughs> How can you believe in this guy? So um, he's he's built a side that is, is playing really nicely, and apparently he can build a, a very good side. Still don't know the caveat, still don't know whether he can go from fifth to first, um, and we know they can't do that with this squad, but it's a, it's a team that's playing good football, proactive football it's not just there is apparently a plan b which is um you know attacking proactive football he has he now has the players 
especially with Fernand, Pogba fit and Fernandes in the team and, and Mason Greenwood, who can create chances and score goals against stubborn opposition. Well, that's plan A, isn't it now? Plan A is possession, creativity, excitement, attacking football, like dominant front foot attacking football. Plan B, I guess, will be soak it up and smash the heck yeah. out of them, which we can Well, I'm looking forward to the, I, I don't know when the FA Cup semi-final is, exactly. It's a while away, isn't it? It's a while away, yeah. Um, but we'll find out. Yeah. Because against Chelsea on the opening day of the season, where we smashed them, we had 35% possession. And that was deliberately set up that way. Um, it wasn't that much different from that in the um, in the game when we beat them at Stamford Bridge, um, even though it's a comfortable victory. So we'll, we'll see how he sets up. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't exactly set up the team with Pogba and Fernandez and that forward line to only play on the break. No, it's it's going to be absolutely, utterly fascinating. But I tell you what, whatever all his flaws or shortcomings turn out to be, he's doing as well as anybody could possibly hope that he could reasonably be doing right now. Now, maybe you could say first half of the season he certainly didn't do, as well as could be reasonably expected of him. But if this is what he was working to, then, you know, that's this is why, I guess, um, it's easy to get impatient and probably shouldn't have done. But the thing that makes me appreciate Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who I find personally difficult in a number of ways, more than anything else, is what is happening at Tottenham Hotspur, which <laughs> is just absolutely incredible. I mean, it's incredible. I um, Somebody sent me a tweet that a Tottenham fan had done, and it was like, I'm so glad this is not us anymore. And then I looked at the replies, and that was what made me glad it wasn't us anymore, because the amount of the exact same, oh no, he's the place, and Dombelli must be X, Y, Z. Like, uh, you know, the cult of Mourinho, this guy, he's, I mean, he is doing exactly what he did at United, only this time with all the players that he claimed to want to buy for United. So, <laughs> like, this guy is just a joke. Anyway, I love Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in relation to Jose Mourinho to the ends of the earth and back. Yes, there was a, there was a tweet um, from a Spurs fan who was complaining about his negative attitude and teams are not playing. It's not nice football, and he's picking on players. And um, I just thought you were warned. You were warned. You know, you you just knew what you were getting into. We knew what we were getting into, but you knew especially because he'd just done it. In such a similar circumstance, um, Nigerian scams on Twitter is just retweeting old stories like uh, Martial and Rashford don't don't blame me for Martial and Rashford not getting playing time says Mourinho in 2018 and uh, some Pogba stuff and just like oh this team this is all the players he hated all the players he hated and Nemanja Matic and all the players he hated turning into the best team that United have had by miles since 2013 like this is this is quite something. So yeah. Anyway, that was an impromptu uh, five minutes of hating on Mourinho. <laughs> yeah, feels necessary. Um, it's, it's just a don't just be glad for what we've got, isn't it? Like just remember how much worse it could have been and was very recently. So I want to talk before we have a little break and then actually let's have yeah. take a little break and then come back and do this and then a little chat about the Villa game on. Friday, Thursday. All, all right, buy these products. If you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQAT Pod on Instagram, Ed's at NQAT Pod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. Were there adverts for products? Only no time idea. will tell. Were, were, there, were there even adverts because the advertising market has been completely obliter- obliterated by a global recession and the fact that no one listens to podcasts? Um, although, like, it's been heartening to see that people are once again listening to podcasts a little bit now. Football's back. Certainly more people listening. Um, so, hello. Welcome back to everyone who's back now that the football's back. What the f- were you doing when we were doing weeks and weeks of nostalgia-filled content? Which good stuff. Go back. You can. There's no timeline on the, the nostalgia. Exactly. So. Um, maybe people are saving up for their future commutes. Anyway, um, the and, yeah, when, when we say buy those products... Pff, 
whatever. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe if they seem like they'd be genuinely useful to you in your life, but otherwise, no. Um, capitalism is stupid, and I hate ads. Um, also, <laughs> stay tuned for. Eventually, we might get some sponsors, and I'll change my tune. Um, the uh, the thing I wanted to say was just uh, Cameron Borthwick Jackson's left the club. I think was it Joe Riley also it, left the. It, it, has he left the club because he's retired? Because that's how old he is now. <laughs> Um, he, he put quite a cryptic uh, little Instagram message saying thanks to all the people that helped me and to those people who I didn't who weren't what I thought they were time will tell or whatever um, but yeah big swathe of, of youth players um, left United um, apparently the club have been pretty good about helping to make sure that they're still players that haven't immediately gone to another club because of obviously this is a terrible time to suddenly be without a club um, they're providing them with uh, extra support I think financial support but also like training and things like that so um, that's that's at least some something good that the club are doing yeah I mean it's look it's the way of things isn't it for every Mason Greenwood there are 20 or perhaps even 30 uh, academy products who we thought might make it but didn't make it at United and most of the time not always but most of the time they'll go on to a, have a decent professional career oh yeah absolutely um Cameron Balfour Jackson will always be fondly remembered for his um fine ability to cross a ball from the left flank and just Louis van Gaal's absolutely relentless commitment to giving young players uh, their debut just in case they make it one day and they can say oh <laughs> yeah, you, you gave claim credit yeah you gave Xavi and Iniesta his debuts at two different spells at Barca what a genius and and of course Cameron Borthwick Jackson just not giving a damn while a riot was happening outside <laughs> West Ham absolutely never forget hashtag CBJ ultras um <laughs> so uh the Villa game on Thursday I think Villa are playing um, Villa played this weekend and lost 2-0 to Liverpool far from but at it, their best yeah they, they put a decent account in Villa did they were they were obviously very compact and uh, li- literally tried to play the, the game very narrow for a long time and just let the uh, dangerous gamble I guess let Trent Alexander-Arnold and uh, Robertson have a lot of the ball um, but just trusting on defending properly from from balls coming in from wide areas, which they did for most of the game. Um, and the one time they got out of shape was when Mane scored uh, fairly late in the game. So not not a great performance from Liverpool. It's probably inevitable that some of the intensity levels have uh, have dropped. Yeah, and fine. Like, don't don't we need Liverpool to take points off Chelsea though? (laughs) Better get their form back by then. Maybe they'll be, then maybe they'll care again. Maybe this will kickstart their campaign. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, it was a shame uh, immediately after we'd won that game and we were of course fourth in the league after full time. Leicester won at the same time, I think, that we were playing and then Chelsea comfortably beating Watford. Although there were some shaky moments. We'll do bonus content on uh, the rest of the Premier League football as we're going to do throughout the rest of the season as we both uh, plug football intravenously into ourselves in various different ways. Um, but the uh, the Villa game, I mean, one thing that I uh, didn't mention during Bournemouth is I thought Aaron Wan-Bissaka continued his excellent growth as an attacking threat and yeah you'd almost rather when we use the 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 fullbacks for width you at this point you'd kind of considerably rather not almost rather considerably rather we're down the right than down the left really uh yes i mean Shaw's getting a lot of the ball and in advanced positions but not doing a lot with it so there's, uh, I mean, oh, you know, I, we'll have uh, plenty of time to mull over potential transfers and the club will have all of about uh, three days to execute on them, which is uh, definitely bodes well uh, if you've, got, you know, any of the history of United in the last seven years. Uh, but it's it's good to toss up now where um, uh, United might need to upgrade left back, centre back, defensive midfield, right sided forward were all sort of mulled or striker. Um, have all been mulled, but it seems like left-back, centre-back, defensive midfield would definitely... An upgrade there would be very, very welcome. Defensive and midfield? Big, well, just because, you know, Matic isn't getting any younger, there's some talk about offering him another year beyond next year. 
But um, Scott McTominay but is, is like, I don't think you would need to, if you've got Fernandes and Pogba ahead of him, I'm not sure you need to upgrade Scott McTominay in any kind of urgent fashion. And and there's cover there, given that you could play, I'm not saying you would do this against big teams out of choice, but you could play Fred there, you could play Matic there, you could play McTominay there. I think feels like that's not a position that we massively need an upgrade in. Yes, but there's very different it's, a, it's just such a big ball difference in in the ball game between a game like this against Bournemouth, where you have seventy five percent of the possession, and away at Juventus in the Champions League. But we win, you know, which is won, what we're going to get next season. But we've, hopefully, we've like won. We've that's where we've been good, and McTominay's played excellently in those big games. Like I, I just, I don't, it doesn't feel like that's. I don't know unless you unless you're looking at playing two. And one of Fernandez or Pogba, in which case, anyway, you could just play Pogba alongside McTominay because yeah, he, yeah. he's done that job and and can. Um, so I don't know. I, I to me, like DM is not anywhere near the top of the list of things we need to upgrade. Um, and I tell you what is definitely not top of the list of things we need to upgrade, and that is right sided for right forward because <laughs> no, oh no, my god, no, right. like what? Are we, genuinely. I know you said last week, well, I hope that Woodward and the Glazers don't get too carried away with this form and think we don't need to invest in the team. We do need to invest in the team, but we need to invest in... I don't even know how you do this, because it feels to me like investing in squad players is hard, because they've got to be good enough to push the first 11, but not such big stars or um, so good that they, you know, that they cause trouble if they don't play and, you know... So, I know, and I I think the best possible quality is always the the answer. I mean, it's not like that. Like, this has been great this period, but Rashford has been injured and inconsistent in the last two years. Right? Let's take that period of of evidence for us. Right? If you're doing the regression model on this one, Martial inconsistent and injured a lot this period. Great over the last two years. Not well, Mason could- just coming through could well have a dip. You know, any one of them get injured and there's a big, big drop in quality. So I'd say the best quality possible of forward, whether it's a flexible one or a a specialist, would be um, very good, given if United are back in Champions League, how many games of high intensity there will be next season. But you sign, let's just take Sancho for an example, who's like clearly the best quality that we're being linked with at the moment. You got Sancho, Martial, Rashford, Greenwood. Um, one of them is going to regularly miss out. I mean, maybe you can rotate them in the way that, like, maybe Fergie would have done, where they really do rotate and they play lots of different games. But you know, there's going to be S- Sancho definitely doesn't play every game at Dortmund. Yeah, that's I true. Mean... Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, Martial will get injured again. Yeah, of course he will. I, by the way, like, we can't take the last two years. We can only start it from the date that the devil left football. And the devil left the club. Like this is you cannot <laughs> complete reset. You, you yeah. literally can't count young attacking players' statistics under Jose Mourinho should be stricken from the record. Like it's just simply not fair on them. Uh, Jose should be stricken from the record. Anyway, there's a, there's a big diversion in transfers, which I didn't mean to stimulate, but somehow I did. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about transfers. One, no, we won't, because we'll have like three weeks off or something. I think yeah. uh, between the end of August and the start of the new season. Um, Villa. Yeah, so the Villa. reason to start talking about Wan-Bissaka is just, oh, you can't talk about this game without mentioning the absolutely hilarious chop he did where he tried to chop it behind his leg and his leg just went way too far, but somehow styled it out, which was really good. Also, Fred styled out falling over um, outside the box and then still got off a decent shot. So good good work to both of them. Um Villa are going to try and make us play compact and narrow. And actually, it's not the worst strategy because you're effectively bringing in, not that they're necessarily bad players, particularly not the way Wan-Bissaka's been playing recently. But if you're a defensive team, you kind of want the final ball coming from the fullbacks rather than one of the front five um, from United. So I guess we're going to see a lot of the ball trying to be funneled out to fullbacks, but I, I don't think you can play that game for 90 minutes and get away with it. Cause the, the, like Mason Greenwood just needs too little space. Pogba and Fernandez create space for each other so well. And that's without even considering Rashford or Martial doing something extraordinary, which they're both well capable of doing. 
Exactly. Yeah, or, or Fernandez banging one in from thirty yards. <laughs> so they, they definitely, we definitely have more tools than was once the case, and it'll be a much harder job for Villa to to keep us out. And then they just don't score goals, Villa at all, except ever, against us. Really. Well, they didn't they beat us two nil at Old Trafford. Yeah. God, that was so bad. Yeah, we didn't talk about it earlier, but uh, in his pre-match, uh, Ollie referenced <laughs> that game and um, and the game against Bournemouth in which United lost and the game against Norwich. And, and, and fair enough, right? His point was, we have dropped points against these teams that we're playing in this period in the past. We have to be better. Perfectly good. Yeah. It's just he sounded... So pathetically wet in making the point. It was just, just, it just was like the biggest cell phone ever. Like it's, it's, it's just like, oh yeah, no, but remember, we actually have been rubbish against these teams, so we can't call them easy ties. It's like you, the quality of the tie is exactly what it is. Us being rubbish or not is the key thing that we have to talk about. If what you're saying is, uh, everyone at any point, don't worry, we could suddenly be rubbish. Then you know, fair enough. But anyway. It all sounded, it just felt a bit Millhouse to me. <laughs> it hurt, it hurt. To, to Mourinho's Nelson. Yeah, right, yeah. But anyway, except that it was, of course, Ollie patting Jose on the head, uh, as he always should be. <laughs> so, well, you know, Millhouse wins sometimes. Anyway. Um, no, v- uh, Villa, I, I mean, I, I, look, I just don't think Villa will have enough here. Uh, and United in such good form. And we've got a few days. Um, I was a little surprised that all of the players played against Bournemouth, given it's it, they are so open, Bournemouth, and uh, we've had quite a few games in quick succession. And we'll have quite a few games in quick succession after this one, but they do have quite a number of days off now to, to recuperate before this one. Yeah, so unchanged starting 11, unless Lindelof's knock is more serious, I guess. Um, and... Uh, I- I don't see... I mean, of course, Villa's one key threat is Jack Grealish, a player that United have been frequently linked with this season and to such an extent that you think there might actually be something in that story, that United have some sort of genuine interest or whatever. We had some comments on Instagram saying, never mind the Moisey Schadenfreude, surely United should want Villa to go down because that makes their position for Grealish better and actually maybe Grealish would be... The right kind of signing for improving the squad is definitely considerably better than Andreas Pereira and Jesse Lingard, isn't he? Sure, yes. Um, but uh, it's not obvious that he's he's the man for United. I mean, his, his per 90 XG or, or ex- expected assistance is pretty low, mm. you know. He uh, or, or combine them all, so ex- you know, expected goal involvement is about 0.4, which is okay for an attacking player he's playing in a very bad side and he often plays off the left um so it would feel like a kind of multifunctional squad player not a not a creative midfield type player which we've now got so who 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 knows but i mean he is he is um villa's most creative outlet and they give him the ball a lot he gets fouled a lot because he's got very good close control and the ability to beat a man. Um, that will be important to be disciplined there because set pieces could be Villa's best opportunity against us, especially if Lindelof is out and Eric, you know, expected goal against Bailly is in the side. I love him so much, man. I, I, I love him, but, you know, there's something going to happen. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Yeah, there is. I also really like the fact that Harry Maguire is just well into playing at number 10 when United are on top. It's like looking around, he's like, oh, do you know what? It looks like Pogba and Fernandes are having fun. I'm going to join in with them lot. I really like it. Van Hull, I feel like Van Hull would have liked Harry Maguire in some ways. One day he's just going to run up to a direct free, free kick they're discussing, <laughs> just last one, isn't he? <laughs> Could happen. Could happen. Um, yeah, this team is absolutely flying and Chelsea were flying and then they lost to West Ham. So, you know, stuff happens. I actually, having watched quite a lot of Chelsea, I'm I'm not sure, even against Watford again, they won 3-0 in the end. To me, they didn't look... I mean, Pulisic is playing really well, is in really good form, but they're not looking quite as scintillating as United are. Um, So, I don't know. I... 
I'm reluctant to predict a three or four nil win in this one. Villa, for all their kind of significant faults, have kind of made it quite difficult for a couple of teams since since the restart. So maybe maybe this will only be two nil. <laughs> oh god, I feel like the hubris is definitely getting out of control now. Just predicting wins time after time and not being able to see a way we don't win the game. But yeah, I, w- I watched Villa's game against Wolves, and and they were competitive in that one as well. Yeah, and played it very narrow, and kind of played into into Wolves's hands, or Wolves played into their hands. Um, I I think will pose a very different problem. Yeah, yeah. As long as the intensity's there. Yeah, and the, the thing that this so, must be so difficult, and I keep saying this, but to maintain concentration you need to maintain a high level of concentration to play really deep really narrow you have to be play very mistake free and playing against the united with a midfield of schweinsteiger and schneiderlin and a forward line of like rooney and memphis and whoever was playing on the right one matter probably if we were lucky um then it's quite easy to maintain that concentration because you get a breather you just, they're not just they're not going to get a breather in this game, and and they've got to worry about. You know, we've had seventeen penalties this season. We've had seventeen penalties. People are complaining about it. Seventeen penalties that have been checked and looked over by video people, and you know, this is we've had seventeen legitimate penalties because our front three is. I mean, even when we weren't playing that well, we we're causing enormous problems for defenders in the box in that sense. Yeah, um, Mo Salah tried to get 17 penalties on his own against <laughs> Villa. <laughs> Going down in stages, jeez, it's bad. He's really bad. VAR has not been good for him. No, no, absolutely not. Um, but it has been good for us because we keep getting legitimate penalties given to us and then backed by referees. Anyway, prediction, you got a, you got a view on... Yeah, I'm just going 2-0, straight up 2-0, I, I, I think... Um, hopefully we won't have any defensive calamities in the way that we did have in this game after kind of you said, I think, like Bournemouth just don't score. No, you said they've were. You said they got threats though. So yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think unless Grealish does something great, it's probably a decent chance of a clean sheet for United. And, and I'm going to go for a humble two goals, which actually feels like, now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, mm, two goals... Can this team really go 90 minutes without accidentally scoring more than that because they're so good? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hubris is strong in this one. So. Yeah. Um, no, I think two's fair. I, I, you know, Villa don't, they will approach it in a defensively sound and organised manner. Yeah. Right. As, as Bournemouth did, and we scored five goals against them. <laughs> so, you know, but this is away from home. Maybe that'll be trickier. That's it, yeah. The the whole end will be roaring Villa on. <laughs> um, yeah, and side note, like uh, I think there was a game on BT Sport and because with BT Sport, I don't have the channels where you can watch the HD version of the no crowd thing, ended up watching it with the crowd noise. And it really, I, I, I some people like it and it, it's sort of comforting to people and I get that, but I just find it absolutely maddening and also i'm pretty sure i recognize the stems from fifa games um so that's a problem yes and the algo because it's human is not as fast as the algo in fifa where the action and the crowd sync up yeah here they don't the guy has got to press the ooh or or chant button which is fine because that's kind of ambient but it's when they it's hit the post which one do i press (laughs) Yeah, it's impossible, and it's not not anyone's fault, obviously. But the 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 ball goes over the so it goes over the bar, and it's got past the advertising holdings by the time anyone's gone. Ooh, this is weird. Anyway, um, very big diversion and side note, and and just listening to the shouts is is kind of fascinating. And who knew that professional footballers actually do all shout away at corners? Like, what do they think their teammates are going to do? Away? No, back this way. Like. Isn't isn't away the only direction available to you on a corner anyway? Yes, the the very special part about there there being no crowd noise on the correct channels is just how much they swear. And you know me, Paul, I like swearing. Yes, you do. I, I, yeah, I, I know quite a lot of words. You know all of the but words. My favourite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, all the four letter words. Yes. Um, just how often footballers do, and how often the poor commentators have to go. 
Well, sorry if you heard that one. I mean, look, at this point, just accept it. If you're listening on the No Crowd Noise channel, you're going to get a lot of four-letter words. I mean, of course, like in the old days, if you were listening on the Crowd Noise channel, you'd be getting relentless four-letter words because by, by the Crowd Noise channel, I just mean football when there were actually people in the stadium but you know anyway yes that's the thing the fifa doesn't have all the uh the colorful songs does it <laughs> exactly um all right so hopefully the the reds will go marching on 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 in their beautiful scintillating fashion um and uh we'll be talking about whether chelsea and leicester will drop points now we're in an unbelievably strong position compared to the start of lockdown we've made up points on both of them an enormous number of points on leicester made up two points on chelsea right um so it's it's happening we we are chasing them down and it's just are we going to run out of runway kind of thing uh yeah and there's always that game against if, if united win all their games from here on in it's done Right, Leicester, uh, I mean, the goal difference. Yeah, goal is, uh, difference with Leicester isn't going to be overturned, so that's not actually true, I don't think. Yeah, true, true. Okay, well, we'll see. Um, victory against Villa coming up, and we should have a pod for you just after the Villa game, although it is on Thursday uh, and work commitments and so on and so on and so on. So if we don't come to you with a pod on either Friday or Saturday, it'll be after the game on the Monday. And I completely forgot who we're playing uh, Southampton at, Southampton. At St. Mary's, I think. Um, and St. Mary's? Is that where it is now? Yeah, it is St. Mary's. It's not the Den, right? That's yeah, that's just <laughs> the Dell. The Dell. The Dell is very yeah, different. Completely different. Um, but yeah, so that's that's who's next. And um, I mean, there's no point really talking about that in any meaningful way, except to say they've been all right since the restart, haven't they? They've they've been all right. They've been all right. They're currently one nil up against Manchester City as we speak. Right. And and good value for it, although there's quite a lot of heavy hisses on the city bench. Um, so anyway, we'll see. Um, we'll uh, we we'll probably speak to you before then. But if not, we'll uh, we'll see you after that game. Only eleven points behind City, to be honest. So maybe if they drop three points here, <laughs> I told you seconds on. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, bonus content uh, Patreon backers stay, stay tuned for bonus content about all the Premier League football you could possibly wish to hear about everyone else will see you either on Friday or Saturday or Tuesday see you then 